today on Laura Lynn and Friends. It's amazing to me that Hollywood um, still doesn't want to pay attention to that and do anything with it. They just want to keep pushing their agenda and pushing their, their message of anger and hate and divisiveness and uh, murder. Uh, it's just, it's weird to me. And I, I, it has to be on purpose. All right. Well, welcome to the beginning of the last days. I'm not sure that I'm hitting my marks correctly with with the new opener. It's just a mess every day. I'm like trying to trying to do it right and I don't do it right. It's okay. All right. You know that I love to start the show. What a show we have. Kevin Sorbo is here. Um, I love to start the show by reading from my dad's Bible. It helps me to remember him and what a legacy he was. I can never forget him, but um, his leather-bound Bible is precious to me, and it is marked from, from cover to cover. And I, I opened it up. It, it fell to an interesting, um, an interesting place. And you know that I only read what he's underlined. That's sort of the rules. Um, see, see what my dad thought was important. And so 2 Kings 18, verses 4 and 5, actually it's only 4, it's just a bit longer. It says, he removed the high places. And this is speaking about Hoshea. Who, was, who became king of Israel, and he did what was right. He was 25 years old, and he did what was right. Um, we've talked about the, the kings. Um, sometimes they did what was right before the Lord, and sometimes they were a complete disaster, sort of like we, what we have going on in Canada right now. And this young man, he did what was right, and I bet he had good hair. So uh, he removed the high places and break the images and cut down the groves and break in pieces the brazen serpent that Moses had made. For unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it, and he called it Nehushtan. And it's interesting. So what he did was he broke down the high places and the graven images. Um, and I guess this uh, brazen serpent that Moses had once made that actually healed the children of Israel, now they were burning incense to it. it they had turned it into an idol. And so um, he took that down too. And, you know, when you talk about the Asherah poles, like some places in the Old Testament talk about the Asherah poles. And these are poles that are, are raised to serve other gods and uh, basically witchcraft. Um, we need to take those down. And so we've been trying to look at some of the things that are literally witchcraft. We've been talking about that lately in our country. Uh, what brings um, God's judgment into, into a land, onto a land? And unfortunately, I am not, uh, you know, I, I don't have good things to report about what Canada is doing. We're leading the way in MAID, which is assisted suicide, makes it sound so nice. It's, you know, it's called MAID. It just... Someone helps you to die, basically. And uh, we're, you know, we have 100,000 plus abortions every year. We don't have one single law that regulates whether you can have a late-term abortion. Canada is, is following suit in, you know, things like, uh, you know, communist tyrannical rules. And our governments are flying the LGBTQ flag over our parliament. And basically, we are being told that we must bow to this, to this ideology. We must pay homage to it or what, or we lose our jobs or we lose our churches potentially. We don't get to participate in society in regular ways if we're not going to be diversified and accepting. And really it's not acceptance, is it? It's celebration. So these are things we've been covering lately. We've also been talking a lot about the United States of America and the same things going on there are going on here in different degrees. And that is the the corruption of the justice system. And we're seeing as well the global movement to 
you know, to uh, try to destroy us through destroying our food and things like that. This is all something that our guest is going to talk to us about. And uh, of course, his name is Kevin Sorbo. Everybody knows who Kevin Sorbo is. Uh, we remember him when he was uh, doing the, the big TV show many years ago. Yes, and me and my husband were able to do it. He had all those muscles and everything showing. But these days, what he is uh, doing is he's a producer, director, and actor who became internationally famous when he started in Hercules. Uh, the Legendary Journeys, and he currently runs his own production company called Sorbo Studios, which concentrates on faith-based movies and storytelling that has an uplifting message. Thank God for movies that you can actually watch with, with your family and not be embarrassed. All right, Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us again. You're always a delight to have. Um, not only do you understand sort of movies, production, media, and, you know, all of these great things, but you understand what's going on in culture and in our nation. And we're kind of watching what's happening in the USA. It's a bit of a mess right now, and we're concerned. Well, the late great Andrew Breitbart was a dear friend of ours, and um, he's the first one. I, maybe someone said it before him, but he was the first time I ever heard, you know, that politics runs downstream from culture. Who runs the culture? Well, Hollywood does. And certainly in Washington, I mean, you see the power of Hollywood. Walt Disney said back in the 1950s, movies and television will influence our youth. Well, gee whiz, what, what, gee whiz, what do you think? Do you think there's any, anything, any truth to that? I think Walt is flipping his grave over what Disney is doing to his name because it's insane. They're looking at a $1.4 billion loss. I've heard rumors it's much more than that. I don't know how business can stay in business if they want to keep doing that. But uh, uh, they want to keep spreading this woke crap. And it just goes on and on and on, which doesn't make much sense to me because... Um, you know, look, I get stopped all the time by people that say they, they love my series Hercules and Andromeda, but really now it's God's Not Dead, Soul Surfer, Let There Be Light, uh, Miracle in East Texas. These are what people, you know, please keep making movies like that. There's 80 million homes in America alone, 80 million homes that want the kind of product I do or, or what the Irwin brothers do, uh, what the Kendrick brothers do with their movies. And it's, it's, it's amazing to me that Hollywood... Um, still doesn't want to pay attention to that and do anything with it. They just want to keep pushing their agenda and pushing their, their message of anger and hate and divisiveness and uh, murder. Uh, it's just, it's weird to me. And I, I, it has to be on purpose. I mean, look, during Trump's four years in office, we had 1.4 million people illegally come to America over four years. Trump is approaching, I mean, Biden is approaching 10 million people. And they've already come out with estimates from anywhere from 500,000 to 800,000 of those are terrorists. They keep, I love how the left keeps going, these are families trying to get to a better life. You see, I've seen the videos. My wife went down there to McAllen, Texas. A friend of hers is doing a documentary on this. And she's got video footage. 90% of these are 15 to 35-year-old men, fighting age, young, you know, teenagers up to men. This is crazy what's going on. And we're setting ourselves up. I know we're setting ourselves up for something really uh, not good down the road here with what's what's coming into our country, and the you know the amount of uh, you know we let people go into stores and take a thousand dollars. Yep, like these people shoplifting are going to make sure that oh that was nine that was over a thousand we can't take that. I mean, <laughs> right? Uh, I can't remember. said something alone in New York City. It's in the billions of dollars of stolen goods. Wow. Why do you think businesses are closing down and our government does nothing about it? Why? It's got to be on purpose. You got Fauci with the whole crazy. By the way, I'm a golfer. I replaced the other F word in the golf course for bad shot with Fauci. So when a bad shot, I got <laughs> the word Fauci. Well, look, it's got an F, it's got a U in there, it's got a C. So it's <laughs> and it's Fauci. really bad. <laughs> well, it's and it means it's something crazy. really bad. I like it. He should be Fauci. in prison. 
he should right. be in everything everything yeah. that i was saying you that know? got me taken off of facebook what has now my conspiracy theories have now all come true and even right. fauci came out a month ago and said that masks were really useless and we know they were all of us knew they were but people are sheep and they will do anything the government says and it's just pathetic to see what's happening in your country my country and really countries around the world it is and i was concerned because i saw laura ingram reporting and hannity mentioned it too but twenty six thousand like young chinese military age men like yeah. that that's bizarre yeah, why? Concerning. Why are they coming across? I saw yeah. the, I saw the video footage on that, but yeah. don't say anything. The biggest killer is apathy. People just don't do anything. We live in a very pathetic, impatient world, and they just go, "Oh well, moving on. Let them do what they're doing." And then when something horrific happens, they all scratch their heads and go, "How did this happen? How did this happen?" And then they find a way to blame the conservatives. And it's just it's they do that all the time. It's the policies of the liberal, democratic, progressive. Insane, insane party in, in this country, everything that they push on us, they find a way to blame the right for somewhere down the road. Biden was on TV recently blaming um, Trump and the mega supporters for the problem at the border. And you're going, and it's just, they say it and people just believe it. And you're kind of going, wait a minute. What do you mean in three years, this guy's letting five times more people into the country and you're going to blame Trump and the MAGA Republicans for that? It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. I feel like it's the Truman Show, Kevin, because um, yeah, uh, it's not believable. Like he's up there saying he's going to run in 2024 and he's got his, nah, he his you, know, you know, like, I mean, yeah. right. You don't think he will. It doesn't I have sense. a good idea. It's, no, it's going to be Newsom and it might even be uh, Obama? Michael, I mean, Michelle Obama. <laughs> That's who it might be. I caught that, yeah. Michelle Obama. Well, hey, I mean, I, 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 got, I got on tape here, I got three times when Obama, and they asked, how's your wife doing? He goes, Michael's doing, I mean, Michelle's doing great. So you can take that for what you want. I don't right. know. I, I'm, I'm not making any insinuations here. Well, I'm hearing Michelle Obama maybe too, and, and, and that might be their best. Sure. I mean, uh, Newsom, uh, you know, maybe he should get a little bit more experience and wait till uh, 2028. Well, you know, but... he's, a, he's a damn good speaker. I'll give him that. He's a damn good speaker. But look what he's done to the state of California. We oh. left five years ago. They turned that state into a, in a terrorist zone. It's just pathetic. I got buddies who are still there in L.A. and some up in San Francisco. And they said the crime is rampant. They don't even my friends in New York said after when it's dark out, they don't go out anymore. They don't go out. They're prisoners in their own place place now from what the governments have set up there. The mayor of New York City is giving, uh, what is it? I don't know what it is. How many thousand? It was something like 50 some million dollars in debit cards to illegal aliens. Meanwhile, the homeless Americans living in the street get nothing. Everything they're doing, none of this makes any sense at all. And yet they, nobody questions it. They just go on and on and on and go on. Look, I, Newsom is... The, the guy has destroyed that state, and yet people still vote for him because he's a good-looking dude with nice hair. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's just like our Canadian yeah. prime minister, and his hair's getting worse. You know, like it's not—it's just not able to pull him through all of the nonsense that we're hitting. Um, Who is I, that? I, Fidel? Is that Fidel Trudeau? What's that? Yeah, you know everything. I You're get, following. I get all this information from my Canadian friends, by the way. Okay, right. they're the ones feeding me this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, we do have our questions, and uh, it's just, you know, shocking uh, pictures that look the same and everything. So 
whatever it is, he's a chip off the old block, you know, and it's been, it's been a tough go. But what do you think? Um, uh, we want to get into talking about your amazing movie that's coming up. But do you think we're, we're heading towards times like we see that the, it's heating up in the Middle East with Israel? I'm sure you've been watching that. Yeah. I've been taking some heat on my support for Israel being able to, you know, define uh, their borders and uh, defend uh, you know, what has happened with Hamas against them. It's it's a very difficult situation. Do people, well, see, the mainstream media is not going to report. I've seen plenty of videos with Palestinians saying, please, the Israel people have been wonderful to us. It's Hamas that is a terror. And then you got you got people in America, you've got the gays in America marching down the street and saying queers for Hamas. That is like <laughs> saying, black people saying we're for the KKK. I mean, it's 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 mind blowing. But once again, it's brainwashing an American public education system. Our system sucks. It's absolutely horrible. And uh, we, we need to get it out of government hands. Public education in America is pathetic. I'm sure the education in your country is far better than it is here in America. But we've been brainwashing kids from kindergarten to universities. Look, when Bill Maher comes out, and I used to be, I was on Bill Maher's Politically Incorrect show back in the 90s three times during that decade. I was on that show. And I know he's always been a lefty, but I'll tell you, he's a JFK lefty. He believes in what Kennedy believed in. And there's a lot of people that still like JFK. Well, if you listen, look at JFK's inauguration speech, and I, I look at it from 1960, it's easy to see it, and listen to him talk. There's not one Democrat that talks that way today. In fact, he ends that speech by saying, ask not what your government can do for you, but what you, not ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. Is there any Democrat saying that today? No, they want cradle to grave responsibility for your life. They know how to spend your uh, hard-earned money better than you do. That's why they want to take 60% of everything you make. They'll let you keep five months of work, but the other seven months you work for the government. And it's insane that we keep fighting this or not fighting it. And Bill Mark, even Bill Mark said recently, do not send your children to American universities. So th there's a tipping point happening here. People are waking up slowly, but they're waking up. There, is, there really is. I do appreciate um, his, his rare comments, you know, where he seems to be um, uh, understanding that something very uh, evil is going on. Uh, it was shocking to me oh, yeah. when he kind of supported uh, Biden. He thought Biden was doing a great job, you know, a couple months ago. But then he'll come out <laughs> and he knows like something's wrong, you know, and you think, what, what are you saying? Like, yeah. that's not believable. Yeah. I want to know how he's doing a good job. He's got the lowest ratings any, anybody's ever had. <laughs> yeah. Kamala Harris, who's just, I mean, a, a, an idiot. I mean, anybody can have her job and do better than what she's doing. She has lower ratings than anybody has ever had as a politician. And all you get is listen to her speak. She can't talk whatsoever. Here's a woman four years ago when she was up on the uh, Democrat primary. She was one of 13 people running against Biden to get the nomination for the Democratic vice pre uh, presidency. She was the first one voted off by the Democrats. She had less than 2% of the vote. That means over 98% of people in the Democrat Party did not want her as president. And here she is a heartbeat away from becoming a president. I have no problem with a female president whatsoever. Yep. I think there's some wonderful people out there that can do a better job than what's going on in our pol I think both parties have a problem. I think both parties are, are crazy and there's a, lot of, there's a lot of corruption on both sides. But uh, to me, it's I hate saying to pick the lesser two evils, but we have a lot of rhinos in our, in our Congress as well that yes. they pretend to be Republican, but they are not. What do you think about term limits, um, Kevin? Like, like if people I'm had poor. term limits, yeah, yeah. That would probably. Why don't we, why, don't, why don't we? Why aren't we able to vote for that? Mm -hmm. Why is it, why does the president at the most gets eight years at the most? Okay, 
But these senators can be in there for 60 years and just drool their way down the hallways before they pass out and still vote. Yeah, it's you got you know what? Eight years tops. That's what eight years tops. And we, working on a, on, a, on, a, on a schedule, graduation schedule. So every election, 25% of them got to go. Their eight years is up. And why don't we get to vote on that? Why is that? It's supposed to be we the people. We don't teach civics in our schools anymore. And uh, there's a lot of things we don't teach in school. We took physical education out because, God forbid, kids work out. Because when you work out, your attention levels and retention levels spike. But we're not going to have that. We want kids to have chips and soda and just get fat and lazy. We're doing a great job of doing that as well. Yeah, well, um, loss is going wrong in the school systems for sure. Um, Tucker Carlson yeah. is sure making a, a big stand in your country. Um, yeah. What do you think of, of him like an epic rise after being kicked out of Fox? Well, he was great. I know Tucker very well. I can text him right now. He'll text me back when he's oh, got time cool. to do it in the same day. Uh, yeah. Great guy. Um, he spends a lot of time down in Florida. Not for me. He lives on the other side of the state. But um, when he worked his way up through Fox, I could tell back in the day because I started going Fox back in back in the late 90s when I was still doing Hercules. I was getting invited to be on Fox to talk about the show. And I saw his rise. And I don't it's, something happened within there because Fox is getting a little more liberal, too. And uh, they, they booted him out. Well, he's doing much better now than he ever was. And the people want people love him. It, it's, it's him and Joe Rogan in America. I mean, those are the guys people want to listen to and watch all the time. So maybe they should run for president and vice president. Well, you, you could almost see that happening. Um, Tucker Carlson would probably be an incredible president, personally. I mean, I, I would vote for him yeah. nonstop. Um, yeah, I'm like I'm dual citizen, so I pay a lot of attention to what's happening. But uh, I'm, I'm just concerned um, as well, though, that it, it does seem that media is captured and we need really good, we need good people like you that are going to be doing great things. And I know you're going down to the um, the NRB this coming week yep. and all that. You know, I'm interested in your, your set uh, behind you there. That is a very cool sword and, and the things that you've got up there. Any meaning to all of that? Well, that that uh, that would be the, the very, very last day on seven years on Hercules. Um, by season three, we're the most watched TV show in the world for five straight years. We held that. We're in 176 countries on the very last day of filming. A uh, very emotional day for me because it's family. You know, you're working 12 to 14 hours a day, uh, five days a week, sometimes six days a week for me um, on that show. And that becomes your family. And uh, when it was the end to say goodbye to everybody, it was very emotional. And we had a big party, like 2,000 people there. Everybody that was on the show in some way, on either side of the camera, uh, showed up with a big party, with a big band. Uh, and they gave me that on the very last day of filming from my my uh, my uh, props crew. And it says, it's got the dates on there. It says there's seven years in Hercules starting in 1993. And it says the um, the journey may be over, but the legend lives on. That's engraved on there. So wow. uh, it's, it's pretty cool. So that's... My, my wall is a tribute to a lot of different things. I mean, mm. behind me with that, that painting of the, uh, the helicopter and the American yeah. flag was from, a, uh, was from a, um, a sergeant in Afghanistan from America saying that they watch Hercules all the time before they go into war. And uh, Herc was very, was very uh, important to them. That Chinook helicopter, he's the commander of a Chinook helicopter there. And uh, they also sent me the flag that flew in the battle with them. I have it hanging in my, my gymnasium as a reminder every day that, you know, they called me the hero. I said, dude, guys, I'm just a stupid actor. Uh, you know, I, I, I had great stunt guys making me look like a stud. And if I screw up, 
uh, on a take, I get a second, I get a second chance. Those guys don't, you know, they go into battle. They don't know if they're going to come out alive or wounded or whatever. So those are the real heroes, you know, whether they're Canadian military, American military, whatever they may be when they're, when they're fighting for freedom across this, uh, uh, crazy world we're living in. They're the ones that we got to uh, be thankful for. Mm, very nice. Um, you know, not everybody knows your story. I mean, what you get to do right now is follow your passion and make these incredible movies mm. that families really need. But like you came from a place of having this uh, very uh, well-received, you know, series on Hercules and you were top of your game to being really like uh, cancel culture because you, you dared to speak yeah. out. So that was quite a journey. Yeah, I think I'm the original cancel culture victim about 12 mm. years ago before it became a term. My manager and agent called me in when I was in L.A. and uh, uh, they said that we can't work with anymore because of being a conservative. <laughs> and I had to laugh. The guy said, you know, you're the ones who scream for tolerance. You're the ones who scream for freedom of speech. But they're, they're hypocrites, uh, just like most of Washington, D.C. And uh, freedom of speech and, and uh, tolerance is a one-way street with these people. If you don't agree with them, you're going to kick get in it. They're going to kick you out. Well, you know what? I've been in business a long time. Hollywood owes me nothing. So I, I formed Sorbo Studios. Please go to SorboStudios.com. You can sign up there. Um, I've been doing my own movies now for the last 11 years. I've been averaging about four or five movies a year, independent movies, whether through Sorbo Studios or other independent studios that come to me and say, hey, we got this movie. So I've been working just fine without Hollywood. And I'm doing movies that Hollywood used to do. You know, I've been movies like Soul Surfer, What If, God's Not Dead, Left Behind, Rise of the Antichrist, uh, my most recent one, Miracle in East Texas. I've got five in post-production that are going to be coming out over this year and next year, two documentaries. I'm staying busy. I can't complain. I'm staying busy doing what I want to do. I do movies that Hollywood used to do, movies that have love, hope, laughter, redemption, faith, things that Hollywood used to do. They don't have to be Christian movies, just movies that give people hope and give people a chance to, to escape all the hate and anger and, and, and death in this world, you know? So I'm just, I just, you know, it's just, I got a whole new door opened up to me and I, I'm having a blast going down it. Yeah, that's, that's so fantastic. And, and we're just so grateful for what you're doing. We've got a, a trailer from uh, the Firing Squad and uh, we'd like yep. to look at it and talk to you about this show. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now am found. Was blind, but now I see. Lord Heavenly Father, I pray to you today to guide us tomorrow. Give us strength as we face death. Help us not to be afraid, as we know that we are going to be coming to your kingdom. Wow. Tell us about this one. Well, the real story is that younger gentleman they kept showing is a London actor. He's fantastic. Um, I'm, I play, a, pa I play a, a, a prisoner turned pastor. True story about my character um, that uh, he was, uh, he murdered somebody in his 20s. He was on the death row for like 40 years. And uh, during that time, he found God and he started preaching to different people, you know, all the inmates in there. And he actually grew a church within the prison. And before he's executed, he was able to help out 
uh, James Parrington's character, uh, Peter Lone's character, uh, Peter Lone, the character he played, uh, to find God and find peace before he was executed as well. So, um, you know, Cooper Gooding Jr. is in this movie. He was amazing. And um, it's just, it's a wonderful, heartfelt story. Tim Che directed it, produces it. Um, he's able to, I mean, it, it was, it was fun because we shot in Florida, not many movies shoot in Florida. So, uh, they don't have the biggest tax credit in the world. Everybody wants to go to go either to uh, New Mexico or to Alabama, Oklahoma, I mean, uh, or, uh, or Georgia, which is number one in the country right now. So it was fun to be able to sleep in my own bed every night, coming back home filming, but, um, it's a touching story. It's going to be out in August. I know we got a big premiere in LA. Got to fly back there. I left. I escaped California over five years ago. I love living mm. here in the state of Florida. It's been fantastic. It's been a great move for me in many ways. And uh, I was ready to get out of there anyway. They've really wrecked a beautiful state. I do miss my home there. I miss my golf course there. But uh, there's mm. a lot of golfing here as well. So it's yeah. it's all good. But um, it's it's. I've been blessed to, to keep on keep on working and keep making movies. You know, I I do see that. Like you've really been blessed. I'm sure you wouldn't trade any of the sacrifice, any of the you know, people have uh, slammed you or they attempt to, you know, um, discredit you because of your positions on social issues or whatever, or being a Christian or whatever it is. But in actual fact, God has just used all of that to to put you right in the place. Uh, he's, he's kind of like stopped everything else so that you can focus right exactly where you're supposed to be. And this is so valuable. Um, like my, my husband and I were watching, you know, movies here and there with our son and and, uh, you know, he's old enough to see anything there is and make, make, can make all of his own choices. But sometimes it's so awful. Like, you, you just don't want to watch that. You know, like families just can't stopped. sit and have a movie. I get stopped all the time by people. And they, they thank me for the movies I do. And every movie set I've been, every single one the last six years, seven years, I get another actor. I get a, a, a director or a camera guy or somebody comes up to me and says, thank you for being a voice for us. And I will be a voice for yourself, man. Stop being afraid. Stop being a sheep. You know, we got to wake up the lines out there. And they all say the same thing. Oh, man, I'll, I'll get blacklisted like you. And I said, you know, I'm not getting invited to do big Hollywood movies anymore, big TV shows anymore. That's fine. That's fine. You know, I had a great run with the bigger world, but I'm happy doing what I'm doing. And I said, I'm still making movies, guys. I'm still in the industry. I get through Sorbo Studios. I get um, emails all the time from Big time camera guys, lighting guys, makeup, wardrobe, whatever. People saying, look, I do these big movies for Disney or Universal, but I'm tired of the message. I love what you're doing. I say, guys, we're like three or $4 million budget movies. That's catering budget in Pirates of the Caribbean, you know? And those are $300 million movies. I said, I can't afford to pay. They said, we don't care. Just pay us. When I take, when I direct, I take the DGA minimum. I'm still in the director's union, still in the screen actors. I take the minimum that they, you have to take as an actor, the minimum you have to take as a director. I want to make these movies. I, want to, I get stopped by people saying, your movies, I became a Christian because of your movies. I became, you know, I love the movies that you're doing. I love this. So to me, it's like I know I'm down the right path and doing the right thing because the world, like I said, people can bash me all the way. They can come after me all they want. These are people who hate themselves. They hate their lives. There's a common denominator with them. I can promise you this. I'd love to do a documentary on these people. Really, like Antifa members or BLM members or any people in that world that are just trolls looking to go after people like you and me and attack us. These people look in the mirror and hate what they see. And that's sad to me that these people have no hope. 
They have no faith in their lives. They probably don't like, they probably don't have a job. They're probably being paid by George Soros and collecting unemployment at the same time. And they're 36 years old living in their mom's basement. I mean, I know there's a common denominator with these guys and it's a pretty sad, pathetic way to go through life with no hope and no, no dreams. And they want to blame their failures on people like you and me and everybody else. They don't want to take responsibility for themselves. That's not my problem. That's their problem. Kevin, you've been so generous with your time. Uh, one final question that just, uh, you know, comes to me about yeah. you is when did you decide that you would that you would really speak out and you would not be a coward? Um, like when you grew up, were your parents strong standards for Christian values? And were you always sort of like, um, you know, willing to speak your mind? Or was there one certain time and issue that you just went, that's it. I got to I got to speak. No, you know, I just kind of grew up with it. I mean, I grew up in a very Democrat state, a very not liberal state. Minnesota's turned into California. Minnesota's much worse now than it was when I when I was there. But there were that was a Hubert Humphrey, Walter Mondale place. You know, Hubert Humphrey is the vice president, and uh, it, to me, it was uh, the first time I could vote was in 1980 when I was old enough to vote for the first time. I voted for Ronald Reagan, and my parents were like, "What?" And I said, this Jimmy Carter guy is going to go down as one of the worst presidents we've ever had. And I was right until Obama and certainly when Biden came along. And uh, I voted, I voted Democrat, I mean, uh, Republican ever since. I've been looking at the, look, I didn't mind Bill Clinton. I wouldn't, I didn't vote for him the second time around, first time around. Second time around, I said, you know what? He's the last Democrat president that came pretty down the middle. He was smart enough to keep building up on what Reagan had done in his eight years. And Bush came for one, 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 uh, four years after that, and he, you know, uh, Clinton beat him. But Clinton, uh, Clinton really won with the lowest amount of percentage vote of anybody ever at thirty-eight percent. And because Ross Perot was running, and he took a, he took like twenty percent of the vote away from Bush. But uh, I got to give Clinton credit. He's not like his wife Hillary. Hillary's evil, beyond evil. And uh, <laughs> Bill was a far better. Oh my God, she's horrible. I mean, she is just. I, I, I know too much because I know somebody that uh, used to work for them. So that marriage is more of a, a professional marriage than anything else. I don't think there's any love lost in, in, within that marriage. So, um, but I, I, I looked at, I, I've always been vocal, always been vocal, but I never got attacked until the last 10 years. Prior to that, it was never, never happened. I mean, I could, Democrats on this movie said we could talk. You know, oh, do your nitty. No, you're the idiot. We make fun of each other. But at least there was a chance to have civil conversation. Now all it is is them yelling really loud and saying you're wrong and walking away without having anything else. I asked my liberal friends, what, what, okay, what policies of Trump did you hate? Well, he's I go, well, that's not a policy. Give me a policy that you hated. And I go, did you hate that he made us energy independent, that we were not relying on anybody for oil? And I mean, if we were buying oil, we should have bought it from your country, you know? Um, and, uh, we were completely, we closed the border down black unemployment. He's a racist. Why was black unemployment the lowest it's ever been? Hispanic unemployment, the lowest it's ever been. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The minute Biden got an office, what do you do? He took, got rid of all that, got rid of all that. And then we're back to buying oil from countries that hate us. We fund our own wars against ourselves because there's a lot of money in wars and it's really stupid. Anyway, I'm going to get one more plug in. Yes, please. Yes. My latest book is called The Test of Lionhood. Okay. The Test of Lionhood. Um, it's from the Bray Books. Please go to BrayBooks.com. You can get my autograph for free if you join for one year. You get a new book every single month. These, 
these books really are, are, are really positive books about shaping the future, not only America, future generation of Americans, hopefully Canadians as well. It's, there, it, it, it's a way to find you know, freedom and truth, um, humility, bravery, courage. My book is about courage. And it's about letting kids grow up to be kids. Let kids, when they be, if you're 18 years old, old enough to take a bullet to defend your country, then you're old enough to decide if you want to change your gender. Don't do this to kids that are five years old. And you got a lot of people in that transgender world coming. There's no bash on transgenderism in here, but I got bashed for writing the book because it's pro-child. So then I got attacked by the alphabet crowd. And I said, no, 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 this isn't anti-anything. And it doesn't bash any single group in here at all. I'm pro-child. That's what the book's about, is just letting kids grow up to be kids when they're old enough in their lives. I always, I always joke, I knew Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. I, I, knew, I golfed with Jenner many times. And he waited, he, she waited until he was 60 to make that change, okay? So, so let kids grow up just to be kids. It's not anti-anything. It's just let kids be kids instead of filling them with all this insanity, what they're doing. There's a great video of this guy in a room and one kid after another comes in. No, nobody there to influence them. They, it's themselves. This guy's sitting at a table and there's a stack of $5,000 here and two Oreo cookies. He says, you can only have one. Every single kid took the cookies. Every single six, seven, eight-year-old kid. And their little brains, they don't go, $5,000, I could buy a lot of cookies with that. Didn't think of that. Wow. So you think they can decide what they want to do with their lives in terms of changing sex? I mean, come on. Just silly. I so agree with you. So this is a really good book for parents to have yeah. to to read to their kids. And it's basically about character and just acknowledging. Have your kids read it. They got to learn to read. Yes. Yes. Do you know, do you know in the state of Oregon, this is how bad we are. I yeah. can't, you can't make this up. The state of Oregon has now said, if you cannot do math and you cannot read, we will still give you a high school diploma. What? Crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. But you are not. You are awesome. And thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for these uh, movies, many, the firing squad coming out. Uh, thank you for the books. Thank you for your contribution you. to our culture because it's very powerful and meaningful. Uh, we'll talk to you again. Let's talk. Let's, let's, yep. let's talk Easter week. I have a okay. documentary coming out about okay. the Last Supper. It's called Eating with the Enemy. Wow. 100%. Easter week. I'll let Toby cool. know. We'll yep. book you. Thank you. Beautiful. Take care. Thanks, All guys. right. God bless. I like him. Don't you? You know what I mean? Not just brawn, but but he's really has substance. And uh, I used to love, you know, the Hercules series. But um, Kevin Sorbo has turned out to be a very unexpected human being, isn't he? Like, if you go back and you see all of that success, you would think, well, maybe he'll, you know, he, he would just be shallow or, you know, just given over to money and, and you know, the life, uh, the, the lifestyle. But instead, he had such conviction that he would stand up that Hollywood didn't want to work with him anymore because, you know, he's too conservative and he's, uh, you know, has all of these values that are meaningful and that are becoming more and more meaningful and it's a tragic loss what our country has done. We need one more powerful, powerful change, a reformation, uh, if you want to put it that way. I know Lance Wall now talks about just one more reformation where God just intersects mankind to give them an option. And uh, I am very, very happy about this. I cannot believe the nonsense and crap that they have got 
on all of these, um, you know, these places you can watch things like Netflix and all of that. But, you, you know, you, you think that you're going to be safe and you're not safe. Um, and your ears and your mind is, you know, corrupted because of either the language or the sexuality. Um, you know, I'm actually pretty good with violence. That might surprise some of you. Violence to me is kind of like, you know, if it's well-placed because people, you know, uh, have to go to war or something like that, that's never an issue to me. I mean, if it's just glorifying violence with, I mean, some of these series on serial killers and stuff like that, I, I, I think that cannot be good. But I like a good mystery, and I also like true life uh, stories. Those mean a lot to me. Um, but thank God for people like Kevin Sorbo who are doing tremendous things. They're not cowards. So he's not going to hell because, you know, the first people in the list of people who go to hell are the cowards. So we'll see him in heaven. Um, Canada's Auditor General attempts to estimate the real cost of the arrive. Oh, is there? No, that's my first one. Yeah, you want me to? You, you run whatever you want. Is, okay, no, that's fine. Yeah? Okay. All right, yeah, it's uh, cost of the arrive can. You want to do that one? Okay, the boss says we can do it. Let's watch. Did Canadian taxpayers get value for money from Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's government on the $60 million Arrive Can app? So we concluded that um, the public service did not ensure that Canada received best value for money. I would tell you that we paid too much for this application. You described it. Uh, as um, the Trudeau government having, quote, glaring disregard for management practices, end quote, and poor record-keeping, a lack of basic due diligence, and that you were, quote, unable to determine the precise cost of the ArriveCan app, end quote. So $60 million is an estimate. Is that correct? Um, yes, we estimated that it would uh, it cost around fifty nine point five million. There could be amounts there that should not be linked to ArriveCan, but there also could be amounts that are, that are linked to ArriveCan that were not flagged in the books um, and linked to that project. So it, so it's reasonable to say that it it could be more than sixty million dollars. It's reasonable to say that we've put together the best estimate, but it took a lot of effort. We had to go through um, many journal entries all the way back down to uh, task authorizations to see whether or not items were linked to a RiveCan. Professional judgment right. was needed. Yes. Right. And, and just to, to quote um, the key facts from your report, it says, quote, this made it impossible to accurately attribute costs to projects, end quote, with respect to the, um, to the poor record keeping. You've been investigating billions of dollars in government spending uh, over your tenure as Auditor General. Would you say that the Trudeau government's arrive can is the worst that you've seen? So I looked at a lot of contracting that happened uh, during, during the pandemic when the public service was act acts quickly um, and um, you know, serve the public. Uh, this would probably be the, the first example that I've seen where there is such a glaring disregard for some of the most basic and fundamental policies and rules and controls. <laughs> okay, so that's a big surprise. Basic disregard for some of the most fundamental policies and controls. So an app that was supposed to be $80,000 um, has cost you and I. Um, well, what did she say? 60 million, maybe plus, right? Who knows? Uh, I mean, they had to go in here and there. I bet you they're, I, I bet they're using conservative measures for that. 
Um, and what a joke, right? Because didn't these, wasn't it done by a couple of kids in a basement or something like that? I don't know. All of it smells and, and everyone hated the Arrive can, which was what made it actually so glorious. The Arrive can, it punished, punished everyone. You could be a liberal, NDP, conservative, it punished everybody. Worst idea that Trudeau ever had. And I don't know what he's thinking. Honestly, um, the amount of ineptness, the amount of stupidity that goes on, uh, absolutely staggering. Another really crazy thing, and look at these still images. Um, so this is a WPATH, uh, a study from 2020 showing that of the 10 participating gender clinics in this study, half do not require psychiatric or psychological assessments to begin treatment. So let me, should I just kind of read these out, JT? Description of medical clinics, diversity care. Each of the 10 participating clinics has one or more pediatric specialists who are prescribers of hormone blockers and gender-affirming hormones. Five clinics do not require psychiatric or psychological assessments before hormone, hormone blockers or gender-affirming hormones are distributed. So while four clinics always require these assessments first, and one clinic sometimes does, but the other five don't require it at all. So somebody comes in and they basically, you know, uh, say, you know, I, I feel like a boy inside. Okay. All right. No, no assessments. No, like, does a psychiatrist need to see them to see, you know, what else going on or why this might be happening? No, not at all. Um, so is there three images or yes, you did? Okay. I just didn't see them. That's fine. So, um, next Tucker Carlson, uh, interviews, uh, Senator JD Vance on the coming democratic funding bill for Ukraine and what it might mean for the next president. And this is why, uh, the Republicans and Democrats are having a big problem right now because this could, uh, this could basically be a problem for President Trump when he gets in. So take a look. It doesn't just fund Ukraine in 2024. And this is the most important point. It actually funds Ukraine in 25 and 26. Now, what's the problem with that? Say, for example, that we have a new president in 2025. That president would be handcuffed by the promises that we are making in law to Ukraine today. If you go back to, to 2019, Tucker, to try to give you a sense of why this matters. In 2019, the U.S. House impeached then-President Donald Trump on the theory that they had appropriated money to Ukraine and Donald Trump refused to send it to Ukraine. So if Trump is elected president again and become president on January of 2025, he will conduct diplomacy. And if that diplomacy does not include sending additional billions to Ukraine, there is a theoretical argument, a predicate, if you will, for impeaching Donald Trump because they have tried to tie his hands. And the final point I'll make on this, Tucker, is that the Washington Post has already has already said, based on leaks from inside the intel community, the purpose of this legislation is to tie a future President Trump's hands. We're not just sending billions to Ukraine in 2024. We're trying to make it impossible for the next president to conduct diplomacy on his terms. It's anti-democratic, and it will lead to endless war in the, all over the world. Hmm. Okay. Well, probably a bad, bad idea. Vote it down. That's my vote. Um, David Icke on why they are targeting Dutch farmers. Take a look. At a time of food shortages and supply chain problems, you are targeting the second biggest exporter of food in the bloody world to destroy its farming base. Why are you doing that? If people 
depend on you for what's left of the food, you control them. Where food is abundant and cheap, you do not control them. Where energy is cheap and abundant, you do not control them. Scarcity equals dependency equals control. And that's why they're targeting the food chain, they're targeting the energy supply, they're targeting everything. What, what sense does it make, you know, this is the whole Truman Show that we're in, like that, that nothing adds up to common sense. What sense does it, does it make to anyone that any government in any part of the world wants to make life tougher for farmers? If we don't eat, we die. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like that they would make some policy to try to destroy air because we need air, right? And in some ways they are with all of these things that we see that are in our air. It's a, a global push by people with crazy psychopathic ideas to harm people, to take away the very core things that we need. And it's so anti-God, you know? So, so that, that makes me think it's very satanic because God's idea was, well, be, be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, live in abundance, have God's provision, uh, be at peace, have joy. That's the kind of life that God actually wanted for us. He, from the very beginning with Adam and Eve, his intention was abundance, beauty, to enjoy the, the fruit of your labor. And that rest on, on the Sabbath would be very, very important. That means like, I mean, how many of you actually take that whole day of, of rest? Uh, my son sometimes tries to force me to, he forgot this last Sunday because I was working and he didn't get mad at me. <laughs> but, uh, you know, sometimes he tries to force me to have a day of rest because I'm always doing something. So yes, I'm wrong. So I'm going to, I'm definitely going to be taking that Sabbath rest uh, next weekend. But these are important things to God. And, and this is about having a great life, having a happy life, no stress, just, just living in what is designated, what is good, whatsoever things are good and pure and lovely. Those are the things we're supposed to think about. Instead, we're ending up finding ourselves having to think about how to actually survive some crazy people doing nutty stuff to her farmers. None of it makes sense. Um, Houston police spokesman talks about uh, investigating the pronouns of this recent attack that we saw on the weekend at the Joel Osteen church. Uh, so, so this is what they have to say about that. So she has utilized both male and female names, but through all of our investigation to this point, talking with individuals, interviews, documents, Houston Police Department reports she has been identified this entire time as female, she, her, and so uh, we are identifying her as Genesee Moreno, Hispanic female. <laughs> so, so these are real world problems, right? They're like, okay, we're, we're a little bit confused because she's using both uh, he and she. Now, I wonder why if, if she's used, um, it's a he, really, isn't it? Right? Didn't we? Or was it? Okay, we don't know anymore. I, I, don't, I don't know either. Okay, we don't know. because Yeah, it's painful. Um, because it, I thought it was sort of a guy's name that you brought up yesterday. So this, this dude who, this person, uh, went in, uh, 
committed this atrocity, started shooting people, gets killed. Um, nobody knows what to call them. Um, and this is the confusion, right? Now we got to have news conferences about pronouns, right? I mean, the world's gone mad. <laughs> it's, just, it's just nuts. Oh, it just makes, just makes me laugh. Okay. So um, then uh, they say that in real estate, location right, is everything. Steel for Dana Point. But over the weekend, we had a huge landslide next to three large homes on Phoenix Drive. Basically, they're just three estate-style homes right on the bluff just outside of Dana Point in the harbor, and you can see how much of the hillside gave way. Uh, building and safety, it's unclear if they've been out here yet to assess the hillside. It's unclear if these homes will be red tagged, but certainly we're going to get more rain next week, and if we do and more of this hillside does give way, these homes could be in jeopardy. All right, Air 7 HD over Dana Point, but over the weekend, we had a huge landslide next to three large homes on yeah, Phoenix sleeping. Drive. Basically, so, they're just three so what's, uh, homes what, right what, on the Where block, is that, just outside Where is this? California. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine? It's probably going to be pretty hard to get some insurance on that stuff, eh? Oh, that is nuts. Well, just remember everybody that uh, the world goes on and um, wow, I bet their view is spectacular. And now, and, and they said they can stay there, yeah. right? Oh, we never can tell what is going to be happening. Um, what is going to be happening to our, our lives. Uh, I wanted to show you to remember there is a by-election for all of you that are thinking about anyone that you might know in, um, in Ontario. Um, there's a by-election going on there. Let me see. All right. If I can find it really, really fast. And there's some good people. Uh, and, you know, Maxime Bernier is definitely saying that he'd like to see uh, the PPC poised to win the first seat. Uh, there's some other uh, people running in that by-election as well. So anyways, I, I wish everyone well. And you know what we really need? We just need some opposition. We need some opposition to the parties that are in there. I wish every by-election would just go to someone that's not running for one of the three main parties. Because can you imagine... I'm just, I'm just mentioning this to you guys, that if we actually were able to get someone that has a little bit more guts than all of them, a little bit more courage to actually speak the truth and to be in parliament and to be able to navigate the ship a little bit, that that would be, that would be a plus. It wouldn't be a minus. It doesn't mean that uh, Pierre Polyev doesn't get in next time. Looks like he's you know, soaring people are really turning towards anything but Trudeau. And I think that that's, uh, you know, that's very logical and it makes a lot of sense. And we're definitely, you know, there are rumors of an early election, like maybe in the spring. I don't know. I hope so. I hope that, I hope that, uh, that Trudeau is found to be, um, to be corrupt. And that something that he's doing will finally get him in so much trouble that we get to see him removed. It doesn't, I, I, I don't wish for him to be able to continue his term into 2025, propped up by the NDP leader. And, you know, for all of these evil things that are totally godless against the word of God. This is a nation fallen from its original uh, founder's intent to worship a God, to worship the creator, to honor him, and to not 
literally fall victim to woke ideologies that are actually the destruction of our nation. Um, I am booking a gentleman by the name of uh, Dr. David Haskell. Um, and he is going to come on and talk about a, a new, um, a new, I guess it, it's like, um, you know, where you investigate to see what goes on. Like, and the finding is that if you are trying to uh, tell people that there is racism, that you actually create racism. That's what happens. And so all of this stuff about teaching kids about race, rather than promoting us putting aside judging other people by the color of their skin, you're actually making people look at and judge people by the color of their skin. And that's exactly what's happened. And you know, when you, when you look back in history to maybe where some of this like just amped up, I think it was through Obama, Obama, Michelle Obama, and, uh, you know, Hussein, what's his full name? Barack, Barack Hussein Obama. Um, I think that they, I think that they, by focusing on race so much, actually created uh, a, a very big problem in that regard. And now we've got all of these kids, and even in Canada, uh, critical race theory coming into our schools in droves. And we as parents, we have to be all over that. And personally, I still state that it is time to remove your, your children from schools um, en masse to, until we have got the whole education system uprooted, redone, and able to actually uh, teach kids things that are helpful to all of them. I have an incredible event coming up, and that is with Dr. William Mackis. Now, what we do want you to do is, because we know it's going to be very well attended because what he's going to be talking about is the corruption in the medical establishment in Alberta and British Columbia. And if you have seen his viral videos, uh, I've been blessed to be able to interview him uh, as he discloses those uh, members of our medical professions that have literally looked aside when somebody is a pedophile when they've looked the other way, when someone has charges against their name, they have wiped the, the slates clean, they have mistreated us, and definitely not followed the science at all. And if there's anyone who can talk about that, who can talk about what's been going on in the last three years, that is Dr. William Mackis. So he's coming to BC on March 8th from 7 to 9 p.m. at the Scottish Cultural Center and what we really do hope you do is that you register for this. Um, and I just don't see that. Uh, I'll, I'll get that. We, I, I'm going to have to let you guys know because we just, you know, uh, you don't have to pay uh, to get in. We just need to know how many people are coming because it's limited seating. All right. So be prepared to do that. I think I'll be putting that up on my uh, Twitter or Facebook very shortly um, where you can register for that. And we will be taking um, a donation, an offering for Eli Ibera. Many of you know him as our worship leader. Uh, he, he's, he's just such a talented person, but he has been hit by a very, very bad medical problem. And this year has literally almost taken his life. And so 
we, we are hoping he's going to be well enough to actually come out and to play. And if you would just pray for him, that would be one really uh, great thing if you would do that. Pray for him. Pray for his health and, and his strength. My website is laurelin.tv. Thank you very much, everyone, for watching. If you're able to help us to do what we do, it means the world. Thank you for any donations that you can make to keep good news coming, to keep uh, true news coming. It's not always good, but it is true. And we try to give you, you know, a multitude of things to think about and highlight some of the, the things that we should most notice that are going on. And may God protect our country. We do pray for justice to come. We pray for a change in leadership, for sure. We pray that the righteous would be put in place and that unrighteousness would be upheaved in our nation. We pray for that. And when you support this work, you can go to our website. There's a donate button there. When you support this work, you support um, the, the right kind of biblical thought that's infused into culture. And we love to talk about what's going on every day, but then we like to bring it to a place where we can talk about um, how God is all about taking care of us during very rough times. And, you know, it does strike me that some, sometimes, uh, you know, we present some things that are very sad about our world, but I intend to have the time of my life, and I hope that you do as well. And we want to sow into joy and to peace, even though the world's just a little bit crazy. We know that, but we want to, we want to sow joy and peace and, and a sense that, that we are secure and we're going to make it through all of this, whatever happens, however long it takes. And our email for e-transfer is laurelinlive at protonmail.com and even .gmail at gmail.com also works, laurelinlive. Thank you. And for snail mail, box 48184, New Westminster. Could you please add Queensboro JT to that? It's so important. I was just at the mail the other day because sometimes we're missing, like something doesn't come in. And um, it might be because we're not putting Queensboro on there. So just box 48184, Queensboro, New Westminster, V3M0A7. And we have to add it to the final page too on, uh, on that thing. Thank you very much, everyone. I love being with you. Uh, we started late today, so we're going to just leave a little bit early as well, um, just so you can probably get your dinner on or whatever's going on. Psalms 38 says, says a very strange thing. It says, Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Do you ever worry that God, like a father, is disciplining you because he loves you? It says, your arrows have pierced me. I guess David was having a bad day, eh? He's like, something's going really wrong here. And your hand has come down on me. Because of your wrath, there is no breath in my body. There is no soundness in my bones because of my sin. My guilt has overwhelmed me like a burden too heavy to bear. It's interesting, isn't it, about guilt and about sin, that it's so destructive. It's not only destructive in bringing about consequences to actions you might be taking, but it wears on your own soul. It destroys your brain. It destroys the, you know, the things that uh, give you peace. It takes your sleep away at night. It causes you to not be able to think clearly because 
you're weighted and stressed by the sin, by what you've done wrong. It's never worth it. That guilty feeling, oh, it's horrible. And it destroys the joy of life, doesn't it? My wounds fester and are loathsome because of my sinful folly. I wonder what David did, hey? I know that he deals with his sin with Bathsheba in Psalms 52, but this is Psalms 38. So I guess he had other sins, not just Bathsheba. He did things that were wrong. And he's very he's very smitten by something, isn't it? And And the word never says what it was. I mean, what is it that he's done? This is called a Psalm of David, a petition, petitioning God. And he says, I am bowed down and brought very low. All day long, I go about mourning. My back is filled with searing pain. There is no health in my body. I am feeble and utterly crushed. I groan in anguish of heart. Not good. All my longings lie open before you, Lord. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart pounds, my strength fails me. Even the light has gone from my eyes. My friends and companions avoid me because of my wounds. My neighbors even stay far away from me. Those who want to kill me set their traps. Oh, those who would harm me talk of my ruin. All day long they scheme and lie. I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the mute who cannot speak. I have become like one who does not hear, whose mouth can offer no reply. Lord, I wait for you. You will answer, Lord, my God. For I said, do not let them gloat or exalt themselves over me when my feet slip. For I am about to fall and my pain is ever with me. I confess my iniquity. I am troubled by my sin. Many have become my enemies without cause, those who hate me without reason or numerous, those who repay me good with evil, lodge accusations against me. I'm, I'm hurrying to get to the good part, though I seek only to do what is good. Lord, do not forsake me. Do not be far from me, my God. Come quickly to help me, my Lord and my Savior. And do you know what? God always answers that prayer. He will be near us when we call on him. Have a great day. See you tomorrow. You know, it's not easy to deliver the truth of what our sick world is doing, but for some of us, we feel that we have no choice. Because if we are silent about these abominable things, then we are letting evil go unchecked, and we cannot do that. For those of you wonderful people who are writing me and are sharing your encouragement, I am deeply grateful. Thank you for all the letters that you've been sending. Thank you for the donations and the support. I found out that in order to speak the truth, you have to become very, very strong. If you would go to my website at www.lauralyn.tv, you'll find all of the ways that you can contact me. Remember, my friends, all is well. All is well. Thanks for joining me.